0: Hello again everyone, I'm Joe Longinusa welcoming you to another edition of Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro the show where industry leaders, golf professionals and legends all come and discuss the great game we love so much so without further ado, let's turn it over to our host to tell us who's next on the tee Chris, take it away
1: Hey, thank you, Joe. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me today on a very special Master's Review and Preview edition of Next on the Tee. We are brought to you today by the great folks over at the French Lick Resort. Folks, their Pete Dye and Donald Ross design courses were ranked number one and number two in the state of Indiana by Golf Week. It was the site of last year's Senior PGA Championship and the LPGA Legends Championship. Check them out online at FrenchLick.com. We are also sponsored by our new friends over at The Leather Shop, makers of top quality custom-made leather shoes. You can find them online at the-leather-shop.com. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and today is my favorite episode of the year because for the fourth year in a row, I get the privilege of talking with Mr. Gary Player and walking through his memories of being at Augusta National, 60-plus years being a part of the tournament three wins obviously nine majors as well Mr. Player has been a wonderful uh, guest on the show for the last 4 years and I can't thank him enough for coming back and being a part of the show again today we're going to get to Mr. Player in just a moment but every week here on Next on the T we like to kick off the show by saluting the brave men and women serving in every branch of the military who are tuning in uh, around the world today we want to thank all of you for the daily sacrifices that you and your families are making to protect our freedoms and our liberties. We also want to thank our veterans for all that you and your families have done for us over the years. It's through your strength and your efforts that our way of life is even possible. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz and the wonderful folks over at the Armed Forces Radio Network. It is such an honor for us to have Next on the T be a part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org. Also want to remind our veterans, please be sure to continue to check out globalvoiceforveterans.org. It is a great site with news and articles and a wealth of information specifically designed for our veterans out there that I'm sure you're going to find both interesting and beneficial. Again, globalvoiceforveterans.org. All right. Now joining me on the French Lick Resort line is Mr. Gary Player. Gary has, like I say, he has uh, he's, he's won nine major tournaments. We all know that he's got three wins at Augusta National, been a part of that tournament for now sixty plus years, and it is such an honor for me to have him with me. And next on the tee this morning, good morning, Mr. Player. How are you?
2: I'm very well, thank you, Chris. And uh, nice to be able to be able to talk to you. I'm such an admirer of these young men in the armed forces, not only in America, but around the world. And uh, in South Africa, we used to have two years of compulsory military training for young people. Britain used to do it. Most of the countries used to do it. And quite honestly, I really believe that all young people around the world, all young people should spend at least one year in the military. It's the greatest form of discipline. It gets you away from your sense of entitlement, and uh, you take Switzerland. Even today, Switzerland still have um, you know people uh, having to do training as young people. I think it 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 builds a nation for discipline.
1: No, oh, well, I appreciate you saying that. I couldn't agree with you more. By the way, thank you for uh, for uh, you know the greeting to our military personnel. I'm sure it's very important to them. They they I'm sure very much appreciate that. Mr. Flair, I wanted to start out our time this morning by talking about the 60-plus years of you being a part of the Masters. You spent a well over a year of your life on the grounds at Augusta National. At this point, it's got to feel like a second home to you.
2: <laughs> it certainly does, and uh, it's such a thrill to go back there tomorrow. And when I arrive at the front gate, I like to walk instead of driving up to the clubhouse. And walk through Magnolia Lane just as a sign of gratitude to have won it three times, second three times, top ten, fifteen times, most number of cuts in a row. And to have played it the most number of times, fifty-two times, and have visited it fifty-nine times. So I am so thankful for the opportunity that I had, and uh, I really have a grateful heart.
1: So let's go back to your to your first Masters victory back in 1961. The final round that year was played on Monday due to some heavy rain that had come up during the course of the of the round on Sunday, and and they erased all the scores and made everyone go back and, and replay that final round. You were even par through 11 holes before was halted mr palmer two under par through nine you ultimately would go back and shoot 74 and mr palmer would shoot 71 to to lose by a stroke thanks to a, a double bogey on 18 but how much did losing those scores on sunday and then having to go back and, and start all over again on monday how much did that impact all of you
2: that's the, you see everything is an adjustment of mind. people are always making excuses about things they're no excuses that's what happened weather conditions wash it out you go out the next day but what I do remember I'm a young boy from South Africa and I'm playing against this great icon Arnold Palmer who I have great admiration for obviously we were the best of friends and traveled the world playing golf together and I've got him by four shots but There are 20,000 people there screaming for Arnold, and I mean literally screaming, and the only person pulling for me was my wife and my dog. And so (laughs) what a challenge. (laughs) What a challenge for me. But I'd had a very difficult youth. My mother dying when I was eight years old. My brother going to war, incidentally, at the age of 17 from South Africa to fight with the British and the Americans. And he said to me, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be an athlete. He said, you're too small. He had a set of second-pound weights there and said, you've got to exercise until you die. And I've been exercising profusely for 63 years. So it's, uh, it's been a very interesting career, a, a very wonderful journey, having traveled more miles than any human being that's ever lived. I've dined with presidents of America, the emirs in the Middle East, the royal family, but... Poor people in the villages of Africa and India and have met so many wonderful people and the greatest education in the world to travel for 63 years to all corners of the globe. And I've now traveled more miles than any human being that's ever lived.
3: <laughs>
1: Indeed you have. Uh, Mr. Play. you, you, you come back next, the next year in 1962, and this time it was Mr. Palmer, who struggled in the final round, shot 75. You shot your third straight 71 to get into a three-way playoff with Mr. Palmer and world On Sunday, Mr. Palmer had a stretch of holes from 4 through 10, where he made three bogeys and a double. Meanwhile, for you on five, in, on holes 5 through 11, you make five birdies. At that point in the round, are you smelling blood?
2: Yes, and 1962 of my entire career, that's the the most sad moment of my career, losing that, to Arnold Palmer that year, when we got to 16, and I had a chance to be the first man to win the, uh, the Masters uh, two years in a row, and we got to 16, and I, hit, I had a two-shot lead with three holes to go, and I hit my tee shot about 12, 14 foot from the hole, and Arnold Palmer hit a terrible shot and missed the green on the right in the fringe, and nobody's ever got down in two from there. And so I said to my caddy, uh, an African-American gentleman, I said, "Nipper, we've won the tournament. Uh, there's no way he can get out in two, and I might have made a birdie or a par. And if the putt went like 25 foot to the right of the hole, came down the hill at 100 miles an hour, hit the flag and went in the hole. Anyway, I still had a one-shot lead. And the next hole, Arnold Palmer Duck hooked it into Eisenhower Tree, and the ball came down under the tree. I hit it over the tree, I had a 9-iron to the green. He had a 5-iron, about 28 foot from the hole, plus, minus, and he held that. Then we went into an 18-hole playoff, and I was out in 33. He was out in 36, and he came back in 31 to beat me, fair and square. But boy, oh boy, when I saw that putt go in at 16, and every time I play the hole and I show some of the young pros where he held it from, you know, you can be good but you've got to be lucky as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and this you plan- know,
2: golf is, golf is a game at Augusta. You, 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 you have, you've got to be lucky, you're unlucky, and there are no excuses. It's the bottom line that counts, and that's all that matters.
1: I had the, uh, the privilege of having Ben Wright on the show with me a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about the 60-plus-year friendship that the two of you have had, and he spoke you know, openly about rooting for you in 1978. You shot 64 that year on the final round, 30 on the back nine, seven birdies in the final ten holes, but he talked about how close you came to shooting 27. Take us through that back nine.
2: I'm saving shots behind... Tom Watson going into the final round. And yes, I come back in 30. I shoot 64 with a bogey. And, uh, but that 30, honestly, Chris, the ball three times, the ball almost went in the cup. I mean, it was within a, an eighth of an inch. Now, can you imagine if I shot 27, I would have never been invited back. So thank <laughs> goodness I didn't. <laughs> 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 It's been a wonderful journey at Augusta, having met President Eisenhower and Bobby Jones, and all the wonderful people associated with golf around the world. It's been a marvelous experience, and going to Augusta is a real treat. Um, It's the best-run tournament in the world. My, the most important tournament in the world, I think, is the British Open. It's steeped in history. They play on the most challenging golf courses with the weather. But Augusta is a paradise. You go there, the golf course gets better and better. The facilities get better and better. Billy Payne, the the chairman, has done a very, very good job there. And it's just a a thrill. I'm going there tomorrow, and I'm going to play the golf course and uh, reminisce and go through with my friends and tell them some of the experiences that I've had there.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And just kind of wanted to finish up on the thought of, of 78. To your point, you, you, were, you were well behind going into that final round. You finished 40 minutes ahead of Tom Watson and, and Hubert Green, who ultimately would finish one stroke behind you. But I'm curious, 40 minutes waiting to find out what happened, or you know, what's going to happen and how they're going to finish out. What's that like? What's it like waiting 40 minutes for, for your, you know, your closest competitors to come through? It's
2: luck waiting 40 hours. You sit there on pins and needles. You can imagine. Yeah, you got yeah. an opportunity to be uh, to win it three times. And I was also... You know, the thing is about Augusta, I'll tell you something fascinating. I win it three times. I'm within a shot of winning it a uh, second three times, I was. And then the top 10, 15 times. The most number of cuts in a row. And the most number of times to, for anybody to play in it. 52 times. So... You know, it's a very, very special uh, place in your heart. And so it's, it means so much to you to win it. Uh, but it's it's a, it's a course. You know what it reminds me of? Reminds me of a big mousetrap with a piece of cheese in And you make the mistake <laughs> and it's going to gobble you up. And let me tell you something. Just remember this when you're watching that tournament this year. A man can be seven shots ahead and not win. That's a... It's a mm-hmm. it's a golf course that is so exacting.
1: When when you and as you talk about having such a special place in your heart and and, and the mystique that it is Augusta National for, for a moment, Mr. Player, talk about you know who we don't know a lot about is Clifford Roberts and what he created yes. there along with Bobby Jones. Talk about Clifford Roberts for a moment.
2: Cliff Roberts was a. a uh, very much misunderstood people including the press um clifford roberts always said to me and there, at the time you know no african-american had played in augusta and he always said to me i'd love to see an african-american play in the tournament but they had in those days certain qualifications that you had to do and then when lee elder came along who was a dear friend of mine lee elder came to south africa and, and helped me break apartheid in sport. And Leo has been a, a, a wonderful example of good behavior. And he was the first African-American to come along and play in Augusta. It was a very exciting day for me. And I know Clifford Roberts was also very happy about that. Um, Charlie Sifford is another man who was, uh, uh, you know, in, introduced into the Hall of Fame. And what an honor, Charlie Sifford, who battled in the apartheid of America, had very difficult times. And of all the people he could ask to induct him into the Hall of Fame, he asked me, a whitey, to do it, which was a great (laughs) honor, and uh, I appreciated it so much.
1: Mr. Player, a, a couple of years ago, we were all sort of treated to wonderful pictures of you and Mr. Nicholas and Mr. Palmer walking around Amen Corner with your champion's jackets on. I think most of us imagine that you guys are out there reminiscing about the battles that you all had while you played there against one another. But, you know, is that is that what you're talking about? Do you, do you reminisce when you're out there with, with those two guys, or is it more, you know, family and that sort of conversation?
2: Chris, let me tell you something, and I hate to use the word never, but there will never be a big three in sports like Arnold, Jack, and myself. Not on performance-wise, But first of all, we traveled together as brothers. We were fierce competitors. We wanted to beat the living daylights out of each other, and we told each other that. When we lost, we accepted it in good faith. We traveled the globe. They went to my ranch. They went down gold mines in South Africa. They went to the game reserves. I went to their homes. We we played together all over the place. We won over 50 major championships on the regular and senior tour and we won a plus-minus 350 golf tournaments around the world. And, but we lived together. Today, it's different. You might have people come along and emulate and, and equal those records. We'll wait and see if they do it. But they've all got their own jets, and it's big prize money and big business, and understandably so, but it's a different world from now on. That was a very, very unusual thing in sports to have occur what
1: happened to us. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And it's something that we've all enjoyed for, for many, many years and can't thank you enough for the, for the, you know, the, the pleasure that we all got to watch and see you guys, you know, not only compete as competitors, but the friendship that you guys develop with one another. That is, you're, you're right. That's very special and very rare. Um Mr. Player, when when I think about, you know, your time there at Augusta National and the Masters victories that you had, when you won in 78 at the time, you became the oldest champion in the history of the tournament. You spanned 27 years between your first victory and your last victory there. Is 78 any more special to you than the other two because of, you know, the length of time that you became a champion over those 27 years and becoming the oldest champion at the time?
2: It was always recognized, and I don't know why, that, you know, you don't win majors after the age of 70, although Julius uh, of the age of 40. But Julius Boris won a tournament, the PGA, I think, at 48. He's the oldest man to win a major. So I win the the Masters at 42, and then Nicholas comes along and wins it at 46. And also with the Grand Slam, I won the Grand Slam at 29, And I said to my wife, nobody will ever beat that. Then Nicholas comes along after me and wins the Grand Slam at 26. And then Tiger, (laughs) he comes along and wins it at 24. That is the greatest achievement in the history of sports, of golf, that Tiger wins the Grand Slam at 24. Most pros haven't even played in the entire Grand Slam events at the age of 24.
1: And speaking of the young guns that are out there, when you look at this year's, this year's tournament, who are some of the guys that uh, that you think might be putting the green jacket on this? You know, next Sunday.
2: Well, right as we sit here right now, Jason Day is the best player in the world. Uh, he's got a great chance of winning. He's got. Uh, he and Rory McIlroy have the two best swings. I'd put Kevin Kisner in there as well. Um, the best putter is. Uh, Jordan Spieth, and the best putter. uh, Golf is really the power of the putter, and they're all wonderful young men. Um, Rory McIlroy, if he wins, and he's got a great chance of winning, will join the five of us as the only people to win the Grand Slam, which will be very good for golf. We're in for a very exciting uh, week this week. Uh, You've got hitters that hit the ball uh, a pretty long way, Stenson and Bubba Watson and and people like that, but length isn't the criteria. Uh, Golf is played from 150 yards in. That's the most important thing, how well you do from 150 yards in.
1: When you watch a player like Jason Day play, do you both marvel at his swing, but also cringe a little bit at how hard he lashes at it because his back could go out really at any moment?
2: No, everybody's always hit hard. Everybody's always, there's nobody that never hit hard. It's just that some people hit harder than others. And if you exercise the stomach, uh, the odds are your back will not go out. I mean, I've hit 11 million golf balls, according to the computer, but I've always exercised profusely. And even at the age of 80 now, yesterday I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. I uh, pushed 300 pounds with my legs, and I ran on the treadmill at max, so I still exercise, and I work as hard as I ever worked when I was 25. I've traveled more miles than any human being that ever lived. I'm designing golf courses, raising. We've raised $60 million uh, for charity around the world in six different countries. And so retirement is, is a death warrant. You've got to keep in shape. That's the big thing. That's the big thing we've got to get through to the young people of America. You live in the greatest country in the world. You got to exercise, you got to watch what you eat, and you got to be given great education. I must tell you if I was president of America I'd stop giving all this money away to countries that don't appreciate it and I would put all that money into the youth. The youth of a nation are the trustees of posterity. We got to give the youth better education, Chris.
1: No, I yeah. I I agree with a, a father of three. I couldn't agree with that statement more, Mr. Player. One more before we let you go. Outside of the three victories, what's your favorite memory of being at Augusta National or playing in the Masters?
2: I think uh, the great battles that I had with Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus and the love that I received from the public and then also meeting President Eisenhower there and Bobby Jones, who was such a marvelous golfer and gentleman, he had arthritis so badly, I used to cut his meat for him. And I always remember saying to him, Mr. Jones, you know, I can never birdie number three. Because they got that mean little pin placement on the left. And he turned around and he said, you're not supposed to birdie it. We've designed it for you to make a par. <laughs>
0: so I've got a lot of wonderful
2: memories there, you can imagine. Having been there, this will be my 59th time attending Augusta.
1: Wow, that's and and we can't thank you enough for continuing to coming, you know, coming back and being a part of the Masters. I mean, it's it's what makes the, the, the tournament great. It's still to be able to to see you there, to see Mr. Palmer, Mr. Nicholas, all the greats that uh, that have won that golf tournament. Thank you for the many, many years of uh, giving us all such delight in watching you play the game. And I can't thank you enough, Mr. Player, for coming back for a fourth year in a row to do this show with me. It's, uh, it's the greatest privilege I get doing this, doing this show throughout the year.
2: Thank you, and God bless America.
1: Take care, Mr. Player. Enjoy the week, and I Bye-bye. hope uh, we get the opportunity to catch up with you again soon. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. That is PGA tour legend, Mr. Gary player. And I, and I mean it sincerely, it is the greatest thrill of the year. I I, I don't get nervous ever doing this show or Thursday night tailgate on the football side, or we also uh, do a, a Red Sox show view from the lone red seat on Tuesday nights, never get nervous doing any of the shows, doing any of the episodes until this one. And it's because Mr. Player means that much, not only to me, but to the game of golf and uh, and get the honor and privilege of hearing him talk and share some stories is absolutely outstanding. All right, we're going to be back and wrap up this show. On the other side of this word from our friends over at the French Lick Resort and the Leather Shop.
0: Now's the time to plan that golf getaway you've been dreaming about at French Lick Resort. We have new Golf Academy packages for 2016, guaranteed to take your game to the next level. Try our one-day quick-fix academy for golf emergencies. For more in-depth learning, try the Game Changer, designed to make you a better player. Our staff professionals are ready to work with you at French Lick Resort. Did you know there's only one place in the country that you can play courses designed by two members of the World Golf Hall of Fame on the same property? The Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lick Resort make us an ultimate golf destination for 2016. Check out the Ultimate Golf Package, the Hall of Fame Package, and other great offerings at FrenchLick.com. Let 2016 be that year you finally take your dream golf getaway at French Lick Resort. (laughs) Play the course's Champions Play.
4: Check out our friends at the Leather Shop. The only company in the world with the ability to provide true, custom-fit, handcrafted, full-grain leather shoes and boots online. That's right. No need to leave home for quality, handmade shoes. The best part? The models on their website are mere suggestions. You can request customizations to any design shown or submit your own unique design. No extra charge. For more information, visit our website, next on the t.net. And click the TLS logo on the bottom of our homepage, or to visit them directly, go to www.the-leather-shop.com and click your country's flag in the top left corner. That's www.the-leather-shop.com.
3: The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country.
2: You're listening to Next on the T with Chris Mascaro, heard around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network.
1: All right, everybody, it's time for me to put a bow on this episode. My sincere thanks again to Mr. Gary Player for making today's show so much fun for me to be a part of. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Please also check out our sister show, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host, Bob Lazari, and our announcer, Joe Lajanusa. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can hear it on Blog Talk Radio, Armed Forces Radio, and a lot of places around the net like iHeartRadio, Spreaker, TuneIn, Stitcher, Player.fm, SoundCloud, our friends over at Podbean uh, as a podcast as well. We are joined every week by legends and stars from around the NFL and the CFL. Please also check out both shows on Facebook. Give us a like. That's important to us, too. You can find Thursday Night Tailgate's Facebook page, Next on the T with Chris Mascaro there. Please interact with us on there. Let us know if you've got questions for some of our guests. Glad to get those on the show for you as well. You can find us online, this show, nextonthetea.net and thursdaynighttailgate.com. You can stream or download any of our archive episodes for free, folks. Plus, keep up to date with who some of our future guests are going to be by going to both sites. Thank you again for choosing to listen to this show today. We know you've got lots of choices out there for shows to listen to, and we really appreciate the fact that you're making this one of them. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.
3: You've been listening to Next on the Tee with Christmas Carol, where PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors, and media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Saturday to hear more stories about the game we love from the people who love sharing those stories with you. It's all about the great game of golf. It's all about the great game of golf.